0: doesn't really matter whether you're a beginner or whether you are more experienced with your painting. I think we all get this. I've got 85% there. Am I in the last 15%? Do I have more to go or is this finished? Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 160 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous, and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan, and me, Louise Fletcher. And this week, we're going to have a little bit of a, what's the word, pick and mix approach to what we're going to discuss. But first of all, I just want to say thank you. So everybody after last week's discussion about beauty and what's pretty, and then I did a post on Instagram about painting perfect. So many interesting comments on that. It's, it's fairly clear and obvious in my Instagram thread because it's just, my little scribble that i had my writing on a sketchbook that i'd written to myself but if you haven't listened to that or seen the comments on that it's probably worth hopping back to so there we go plug for my instagram which is at alice sheridan studio and while we're here if you don't follow louise already she's at louise fletcher underscore art so hop over and you can see what we're doing on instagram at the moment So this week, we are going to be talking about two things kind of led by what we've been working on. And then we've got a little bit of a listener question. So we're going to split our time. But first of all, what have you been doing this week? All sorts. All sorts and nothing. Do you ever have those weeks? Uh
1: All sorts and nothing. But the the one thing I won't bore you with all the details of what I've been doing, because genuinely it's not exciting. But I did have a a big realization that, um, how can I explain it without going into too much detail? So I had to have a meeting with an accountant and I was asking some questions about how to do something and how to do something else. And should I do this? And should I do that? And as he started talking and my brain started to do this thing, which one of my friends describes as little shutters coming down, like, mm. no, not listening anymore. Don't mm. care. Stop, stop. And I just suddenly thought, I want a simple life. I don't want this. I just want things to be simpler. And um, I don't care if it costs me more money or if I don't, I just want it to be simpler. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. I just want simple life. And I I didn't say this to him. I very politely listened and said, thank you very much. And he's going (laughs) to go away and do his thing. But but it was a re it's really sparked some, I don't think I've got any conclusions yet, but I have got lots of questions for myself about the next few years and what's important and what's enough. And, um, yeah, so I might change some things about my business in the next few years and really against kind of his advice, but just, um, because it suits me. So, and, and I was quite proud of myself that, I don't think I would have been able to do that a few years ago I think Mm -hmm. I would have listened and said oh okay then and gone along with whatever I was being advised to do rather than saying actually I want to go away and think about that because it doesn't feel right to me and this is a little bit some of what we're going to talk about today is is this idea of how do you want to do things how do you want to do your life so in the middle of all the kind of bitty distracting rubbishy things I suppose I did I suppose there is something that's come out of this week maybe there only ever has to be one thing that comes out of a week I think if you get one thing
0: like that a week that's going pretty
1: good isn't it yeah it's not bad is it when I started this I thought oh nothing's really happened this week and then when I started talking I realized no it did off
0: on the way yeah off on the way and I think as well those little you know it's not it's not a decision is it it's a realization that the decision is already made. Yeah. You haven't, ju- you just haven't quite acknowledged it yet. And I think that's, that I think is the really interesting thing advice about advice. Cause we've all felt it. You know, if you ask somebody for advice, if you're not sure about something and they say, you know, do a, and you think, no, <laughs> <to> do A, <laughs> but you're wrong. That's not what I want to do at all. I will not be doing that. I am not going to be doing that you know we do know we thank know. you for your help anyway yeah <laughs> or just if it's your husband no so what so, have you been up to um a little bit of the same before before we started, I said, oh, I can't believe another week has gone. Um, but actually, it's been a rather nice week. So we've had some glorious weather in London and now it's back to freezing cold again. I know you've had a couple of days of snow flurries even. Yeah, it's not but, settling, but it's snowing. Yeah. But I mean, crazy. because So Saturday was absolutely gorgeous. Seriously, didn't do anything um my step count's been really good this year saturday it was 200 because i literally went from home with a book to the garden that was it all That's day pretty much my day yeah, yeah it's so... lovely it was um really nice um so i've been doing various bits and pieces so i don't know i've got the kind of oomph to finally organize a live meetup for connected artists and it's a bit bigger this time it's grown a bit mm. So it takes a little bit more organizing and like having to get people to commit and finding venues that are big enough. And then how are we going to feed people and all of that sort of stuff? So I had a little traipse around to find a few places. And, and you know, again, this is this thing. I'm, bi- I'm being a bit picky because there was a place that was big, you know, good size. But the food menu was like, oh, I don't want to eat that you know mini hamburgers and fried chicken wings and it was like do you know it was all very blokey stuff Mm. and i just thought this is not this is not the right place this is not the right place please let there be somewhere proper please let there be somewhere that's not in central london that's going to charge 45 pounds a head for a three-course sit down because we don't want that either Mm. So, but it's this whole process of sifting through things and it, it does take time. It really does take time. And I think that's partly what you're talking about as well. We have to, maybe we have to experience all the no's of things before we get to the point where we go, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And well, this thing of things taking time. I mean, one of the distractions for me at the moment is some work on the house and it's a distraction. And it's taking time. And I just have to I just have to accept that, okay, that's a distraction, which is going to take a certain amount of time. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be quite as productive as I normally am, when I have to keep making decisions about things or getting called Mm -hmm. to ask about this or that, or then make a cup of coffee for people or any of that. It's just distracting. And I I was listening to another podcast and sadly, I can't remember which one it was, but they were talking about productivity. Oh, it might've been um, Beck's podcast, Unearthing. And they Mm. were talking about productivity and the pressures that we put on ourselves with our goals. And I definitely am recognizing more in myself that when you've committed to say, work out some accounting stuff or have some work done on your house or choose a restaurant for a get together, that is a chunk of time. And I think as humans, we tend to underestimate Mm. all that. We go, oh yeah, that'll be fine. I can fit that in and then I can do this and this and this, but we can't. So then there's either an acceptance and relaxing. Okay. Well then that is what it is or stress and pressure. And, And sometimes I was just thinking to myself the other day, I used to be stressed and pressured because a really horrible boss that I used to have used to ring me up if I went anywhere, like if I popped out for lunch, he'd ring on my company cell phone and say, where are you? I need you to come back to the office. And that was my stress and pressure. Driving home at eight o'clock at night and him ringing up for more information and stuff. That was my stress. Now my stress is almost entirely self-imposed work-wise. I'm putting this pressure on myself. I'm saying you've got to get this done, then that done, then this done, then that done. And maybe I don't maybe we
0: can just relax a bit. I just wonder how much you have to you have to go through all of that though in order to recognize it as well as there being different different stages. If you're new to the podcast you're probably thinking what the hell is this it's called Art Juice you haven't even mentioned art yet.
1: (laughs) But it's all we see this is the point so somebody asked me last night on my membership Q&A how much time do you spend in the studio versus all the other things? And it's in a week. And that is not a question the way I work that I can answer because a week in November is different from a week in Mm -hmm. May, for example. But I can say that it's a lot less than you probably think that Mm -hmm. is painting and art time because Mm -hmm. of all the other things we have to do. Even Mm -hmm. those of us who don't have a different job, even those of us for whom this is our job, We have different aspects to our time. So you have your membership. I have membership. I have courses. You have like with your membership, you do something like this meetup. That's a a giant chunk of time, something I don't do. So we have all this other stuff going on. Then we have lives. Then we have the business side of things, the admin side of things, the marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. I can see behind you that you've got framing things going on. I've got framing and vanishing in my future. All of that, one, sorry, I keep, I'm rambling, but one of the things I have an intern helping me out at the moment, and one of the things she said to me is, I can't believe how much work goes into this exhibition that's coming up, because yeah. at the moment I had to help me catalog the paintings, then put them up on the website, get the right photograph, add them to the website. Now we're making Canvi images and all of that. So... All of that to say that an art podcast that doesn't talk about all this other stuff, I don't think is
0: a truthful podcast. No. And that's how we that's how we've always started, isn't it, really? But I think at the beginning and maybe this is what changed. I think at the beginning, certainly for me, there was a lot of um, guilt about that. And maybe this is what we're kind of coming back to and some of the questions or some of what what other people feel or bring to us there was guilt about that because of this an artist should only be you know you should be deeply in touch with your creative muse and only concerned about the painting well lovely (laughs) but you know the reality you know, the reality is there is this other stuff. And yeah, we'd all like fantasy. Okay, you've got a fantasy studio assistant halfway now. But, you know, we'd all like fantasy studios assist- three hours a week. Yes. <laughs> it's still, yeah. But this is the thing. It's like little, little chunks, isn't it? And mm. I just I find it really interesting how whenever and you've mentioned just now that there is a seasonal flow, which I think took me at least three years to recognize one of the big things for me was actually working out my whole year when the children were on school holidays. And then I realized, well, no wonder I don't get so much done. Look at it. It's nearly half the flipping year. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I have enough time because I don't well, you know, chill out. And I think recognizing when I have maybe energy ups and downs and when that helps get things done and I I'm also always playing this dancing game with what's structured and what isn't because I do like to have some structure even if it's only something to rebel against but like next week for example you know I'm spending Monday driving across London to get paintings photographed for prints so that's a whole day gone or a whole you know majority of a day gone which is normally used for other things so things are going to be on the back burner again but what do we you can't always build in a leeway cushion or can you do you have a leeway cushion
1: no No, I don't (laughs) no but I but I that's what I'm thinking maybe we should I mean this year I'm trying to be I suppose I'm trying to do that in a way because I'm trying to get my course things done earlier than I have in the past. Yeah. So my course starts mid-May and I always re-record everything and change the content every year and add new things. So uh, that usually is a few weeks before I'm frantically working on that. And now what I've been doing and I'm quite proud of myself for is Mm. I'm recording a a few videos most days. So there's there's oh, probably hundreds to record or probably at least a hundred to do all in total with everything. But I've, I'm doing them a bit at a time. So it's bite-sized pieces. And then I'm lucky now to have somebody to help me. The first few years, I just did all the editing myself, but mm. I do have someone who's going to edit the videos. So I upload them to that person. They're going to do that. And that is me trying to build a runway in. But here's what I do. I'll build the runway in. And then that time's filled in after that. So I'll finish those early, but I'll be doing something else. I won't ever go, ah, time to relax. Although, um, I do have something that to tell you, which I haven't told you, which is I am taking October off entirely. So this is me trying to build up to being able to take October off and in, and coincidentally after you spoke to Kate a couple of weeks ago I'm going to Cornwall for a month um, which is not an artist residency but it's my artist residency and it's funny I decided on that place before you interviewed Kate but when I played that podcast I was like right yes cliffs and sea and Cornish pasties that sounds fine I'm doing that
0: and this is the kind of thing, isn't it, I think, is that we have all these things settling, bumbling around in our brain all the time. And when it's when it's right, it can happen like that, mm. like really fast. It's like I've got on my list of what have I been working on this week, ordering frames. And honestly, I was a bit dreading it because there's been supply issues and I put it off because I was kind of terrified that I'd go on and they'd say nothing's available for you know eight weeks and then I'd panic and then I'd be cross with myself because I'd left it too late and it's like how is this helping putting off doing it you muppet um anyway yeah 10 minutes later all done and then I even emailed them and said, I might not be aware. I might not be here for delivery. Can you hold delivery till after your dates? Because I think it might just fall when there might not be somebody here to receive it. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. And then I got an email to say, well, they're coming today. What? <laughs> what? That was easy. Yeah. My my coach, when I first started and I had a coach, Judith Morgan, and we they, we played a game, which is from um, it's from a book by... Oh, can't remember his first name. Somebody Kawasaki called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, Guy Kawasaki. Is it Guy? Uh, I don't know. But it's about kind of. Um, it's a little, and the game is about. It's a little bit like that childish game, the game of life. You know, where you have a little car and you put little blue people and pink people in, and then it says you've got school fees and a, and now you've got to take the dog to a vet. And <laughs> it's what it's it's I do. You know, here, oh, oops, you've had twins. You know, there goes the next 15 years of your life bomb out of <laughs> the window. It's a little bit like that, but it's supposed to be around um money structure and about, you know, being careful not to load yourself into the hamster wheel of endlessly chasing things to do, things to do, things to do. And yeah, okay, you might have. More coming in but you've also got a lot more that you need to pay for do with your time what is the ultimate goal here is the ultimate goal to retire from the rat race to to and in this time they're they're talking about money sense but it's what we're talking about what is the ultimate goal here um and when we when we used to play that game she had a buzzer that I think you can buy on Amazon where sometimes there was a decision or something kind of You make investments a little bit like you do on Monopoly and then you get a card and it's gone up or down or whatever. And then if something went the right way, you could ping the button and it used to go, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Because we do this thing. Oh my God, this is going to be hard. This is going to take up a lot of time. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does take up a lot of time. But I think maybe the key is, just practicing when we realize it doesn't. And if we are overwhelmed, you kind of stop some things. And also sometimes for
1: me, anyway, it takes more time than it needs to, because I make it more than it needs to be. There's a book I read years ago called the four day, the four hour work week. Yeah. Is that Tim Ferriss book? Tim Ferriss. And yeah. in some ways, I think it's a bit daft because I I, I can't squeeze my work week into four hours. No. But the central point of it that I found fascinating was he said um, people go to work for eight hours a day, five days a week, and they yeah. have just enough work to fill up eight hours a day, five days a week. Mm. That's how long it takes to do that job. But if somebody came and said, you're getting paid the same amount and it's going to take you 20 hours, in a lot of cases, you would figure out how to do that job in 20. Now, obviously, if you're a nurse or something, that doesn't apply. But for office jobs, jobs like ours, could you fit that same amount of work into less mm-hmm. amount of time and then be on the beach having a cocktail for the rest of the time was his philosophy. But it did really strike home to me because I'd worked in office jobs for years and I'd always had a five day work week and always, you know, that's how long it took. Yep. And so I think there's some of that, too, that we we think, right, well, I've got this amount of time. Yeah. So I could do this, this, and this with it. And I could help in our case for the memberships, for example, oh, I've got some extra time. I could make that video that would help everyone. I could make that class even better than it was going to be. I could do an extra interview with someone, I blah, blah, blah. But it's not things that the people in the membership are saying, clamoring for, they're not saying when's the next thing coming in. The, it's what we're putting on ourselves. And then we're making it and then it's pressure. Now it's yeah. pressure because I've got to do it.
0: Yeah. And I think we've all experienced that stretchy time and the opposite when it suddenly constricts and you're like, oh, holy smoke, I've got to get it done fast. Oh, well, look, I did. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, who'd have yeah. Thought? Amazing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. It might be very stressful and not good for our nervous system, but we can do it. Yeah. So what if we what do we do then? How do we how do we maybe it's not a four hour work week, but could it be a twenty? But I see I would fill it with painting and I don't consider that work in the same way. It's the other stuff.
0: I think it's okay. And I I remember when I first started thinking, all right, I'm gonna take all this stuff seriously. Like I'm either gonna go back and get a job in an office or I'm gonna do this properly you know about whenever it was 7 years ago and then thinking okay well so you you've got to be rigid about some things and then feeling like i say terribly guilty when i wasn't or when i wasn't sticking to my plan or you know when i was opting out in the middle of the day and then at one point a little bit like your realization in the accountant i just went no this is all fine as long as i'm choosing this for a reason like if i don't feel like doing x today that is okay. There is a reason why I don't feel like doing X today, so don't do it. You know, maybe you're tired. Maybe you need to rest. Maybe eight hours in the studio yesterday is too long, and you're exhausted. And actually, three hours is your optimum working time. Um, maybe you're not in the mood to look at websites now. And it's interesting because this is it, this is kind of how I'm. This is probably a little bit too early to to talk about this, but. This is how I'm feeling of shifting the membership even to the point of rather than coming in and it's like what you know I've got to learn about XYZ websites or mailing lists, how I structure it so it's much more what do you feel like today what do you what do you need? Where do you go? Do you want inspiration? Do this you feel all like high vibe and like, yeah, let's get all the boxes ticked and do something go here because I think that that learning to recognize what we need in ourselves, how we respond to it and how we structure our day as a result. That is so key. And it just takes so much practice. And I know I'm probably, Mm. you know, talking to the converted and like, you know, the world is full of wise women who know this stuff, but we also know how often maybe we need it reinforced. Yeah, we might know
1: it, but we don't do it.
0: Yeah, hear it from other people be given that, you know, even if we are confident or grounded or, you know, all of this stuff, when you hear other people go, yeah, that's okay, and a little bit of you relaxes, it's all right to still have to hear it from someone else. Yeah. And
1: hearing it's okay, that is what we, I think a lot of what we both give to people in different ways, who were either in our courses or memberships or whatever, because it in this world of creativity, whatever creative thing you're doing, there isn't a right or wrong way. And if you're new to it, you have a tendency to want to say, am I doing this right? Can somebody, you know, what do I do next? And um, just saying, what do you want to do? is for some people I'm sure I've said this before but I once took an art class that turned out to be too beginnery and everybody in this class it was an in-person class too beginnery for me I mean and they were asking questions like is it okay if I put some green on now and the the artist that was teaching the class kept he just kept saying don't know do it and see what happens and they were like oh and and that do it and see what happens. That was him giving them permission to say, what do you feel like? Mm. I'm not going to tell you what's right. But watching the fear, th- th- some of them were too scared to do the thing. They would just mm. sit there after we walked away and be like, okay, but I don't know if that's right. Now they were real beginners. But even even when we come to the first time we start thinking about selling our work, then people want to know, am I doing Instagram right? Am I you know, what's the right thing? And I think your idea of what do you want? What feels good? What what do you enjoy? And letting people into it that way is so much more effective. Mm-hmm. But we're not used to that in any aspect of our lives. That's not
0: how life works. Well, I think it can be quite a hard question, can't it? Particularly something that's as open and broad as what do you want? <laughs> Don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, that's too big. It's too big. You know, all the possibilities, what like now in a year and three, I don't know. What could I say yes to? And so, so much of it is just bringing it back to, all right, what do you, what would feel good between now and lunch? (laughs) Like that's as much as my brain can cope with. What do you want? Too big, but just that, that kind of really small part and that, you know, things can get done, quite quickly when you do that and much much more easily as well so I've just become I have become better at like if there's something that's sitting on my to-do list and it's not happening and I get to the end of the week and it hasn't happened eh, because it will when it's important when I feel in the mood for it when the time is right it will happen or I'll decide it's no longer relevant and it won't happen yeah I yes, just it,
1: it will happen if it's if it's something that you owe people or something that you've promised or something yeah. that people have paid for you will get it done but yeah. a lot of it isn't that no of A lot of it is
0: other stuff yeah that so that's the thing isn't it what, what what are you spending all your time doing which is looking in the opposite direction But then I have a little
1: bit of another problem, which is so I put off self-care things because they take up time. So I need an eye test. I need to get new glasses, new contact lenses. I need a proper eye test. I need to spend probably the morning at the opticians. And I'd rather if I've got a morning spare paint. So then I think I'll just paint. I'll do that another. I'll do that another time. The dentist, there's nothing pressing at the moment. So I'll do that. I'll bring them in a bit. I won't. And because I want to do this thing, which I love, and I don't love that, that idea of going looking at restaurants, if it were me, that would never get done because I wouldn't want to do it. So I've got this other problem of procrastinating on the things I don't want to do. If it's business and I owe someone else, then I'll do it because I have to. Mm -hmm.
0: But if it's for myself, I'll put it off. Okay, here's a question for you then that might change you. If there was something that was urgent and important and so that it had to be done like super fast, that would be a lot more of an inconvenience than knowing ahead of time when it was going to happen. You must have some days in your week that are a little bit easier for those kind of appointments. So just book it in for three weeks' time and then just tell yourself you can't change it you're right
1: because a few months ago i got these flashes in my eyes like all of a sudden when i turned my head everything started flashing i was like oh god what's this so i called the opticians they got me in an emergency appointment and i went down the next day it turned out to be nothing to worry about but yeah you go if it's urgent if you suddenly get a horrible toothache i'll be at the dentist Yeah.
0: yeah and everything
1: will get thrown off so you're right of course you're right but it's the same Uh, mentality as I know it's better for me to eat broccoli than chocolate but in the short term I want
0: chocolate I don't want broccoli (laughs) I just have to sometimes I just have to trick myself um yeah so that it happens before you even before you even realize like I I had something that I knew I had to do at the doctor and I was like oh I really don't want to do this and I've been sort of you know the times coming around and I know that it needed done So, you know, I called them up, expecting them to say, oh, well, we're really busy. It'll be three weeks. And then I thought, well, I can live with that. And then she went, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, come on come on Friday. And this was like Wednesday when I called. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And then it didn't even work. So I've got to go back for a hospital appointment. So it's just like, oh God. So that's doubly annoying. But it's just, it's that thing of just pick up the phone and start dialing them. Just do that first thing. Yeah, Um, very difficult. Right, let's move this a little bit into the art realm, because I was looking back through some of the questions that we've had. And um, we had this question a while ago um, and it comes back to art. I've got a feeling that my paintings are unfinished. So I get lost in the process. And even though at the beginning, I've got a clear statement, it changes through the process and the shift destabilizes me. So this is a little bit like almost writing a to-do list for yourself or for the week or having an idea of what you want. And I'm just interested in this thing of things destabilizing you just because it's something that I've been aware of a lot you know, recently, what, what, what happens to me when something destabilizes me? What are, the, what are the triggers for it? How do I let it affect me? Is there a way to avoid it? But in paintings, I think this is this goes back to your question of people asking, and there's another one here, do you have tips how to finish? I get 85% there. I struggle with the last 15%, so I just start another one. I have a studio full of paintings and both of these questions they're around a similar thing aren't they about giving yourself the trust and authority to know what's okay for you because mm. that first question I was like I does don't not feel compute.
1: that do you I don't understand does not compute because so I'll explain what I mean by does not compute I, I don't mean that I start out with an idea and my painting goes smoothly and then I finish it and oh Done, perfect. that doesn't happen, but if I start out with an idea and then it went in a different direction i'm a, I'm a suit like at that point i've got a different idea, yeah, so that's what I'm following now, yeah, so there's something so i there's something in there that this person sounds like they've gone off track with their original idea but not with another idea, or there isn't anything for them to follow. And I find that a bit harder to understand
0: what they mean. So I wonder if it's, if it's the labelling of it. And we touched on this a little bit last week. That when we recognise, so, so you're painting, something happens, there's a change in it. And this person is reading that as something that has thrown them off. Ah, Now, where do I go? Therefore, I'm not in control. Therefore, I don't know what I'm doing. Therefore, I don't know what comes next. Whereas what you're saying is, you know, when you're doing a painting and it goes off in a different direction, it's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, wow, this thing has happened that I couldn't plan for, that I didn't expect. And now I've got, you know, somewhere new to go to it. If the situation, I mean, this is, you know, basically the situation's the same. It's how we... You've hit the nail job, on the head because I
1: I couldn't work out what that person was thinking, but I'm sure you're right. That's it. It's just that acceptance. Often people will ask me a question about, um, I'm doing this, but how do, how does a real artist do that? And it's like, well, there is no one way that a real artist does anything. So it's, it's whichever way you like to do it. And this is a bit of that. If we realize that if we realize that what we're experiencing when the painting goes in another direction is just what happens to everyone, Mm -hmm. then we can relax. But when we think, oh, this is only happening to me because I'm not experienced enough, good enough, talented enough, I'm doing it wrong. That's when it presumably destabilizes. So the answer is then to understand that that's a normal part of, it sounds like it's a normal part of her process. It's not everyone's. So I interviewed somebody from my membership group who has an idea for a painting, executes that idea, some, sometimes more easily than others, but executes that idea and finishes that painting.
0: Yeah.
1: But we're not all like that. And it sounds like this person isn't like that. And you've got to just be okay
0: with going, okay. Unless... That's the point, unless this paint, this person is working and the process of going through this, they're not finding enjoyable. They're not finding challenging in a good way or satisfying or, you know, excited by. But maybe they've seen other people on social media, people like, the you know, the way you work or the way other people work and thought, OK, well, that's how I have to do it these days. And actually, you don't. You can you can plan, you can know your composition, you can do studies. There are different ways. Maybe you, you, you're going up the wrong route with the way that you're approaching your work. And yes. this is this is just, you know, this is just tap, tap, tapping on your head. Hello, this isn't the right way for you.
1: Yeah, trying it the other way and trying it with studies and plans and doing the composition and working it out. The only reason I said what I said is that if the painting is pulling her in a different direction. To me, that's an intuitive, that's a sign that she's the kind of person who works that way naturally. Yeah. It might not be like you say, it might be just thinking I have to keep layering and they might lose what they originally liked when they keep layering and then get lost. So it is all about self-knowledge. And so, yeah, maybe the answer for that person is to try it the other way and see how that feels.
0: Mm. Mm. Go on holiday to a different place metaphorically
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the other
1: one there was another okay so oh, the, the one other, one, other one this other
0: one was about yeah getting 85 percent there and struggling with the last 15 percent and and we had we had this question in my group from um he probably wouldn't s- adn- say he's very he's established but he is a, a recognized painter his paintings kind of sell through galleries he He has a way of painting that whenever he posts, everybody likes them. Um, And a way of creating his work that has a looseness to it. And I know for a while he was really wanting to push things a little bit more abstractly, but he had a series of work that he was working on. Uh, group of paintings and he said exactly this and and this this is this is the point about bringing this up doesn't really matter whether you're a beginner or whether you are more experienced with your painting I think we all get this I've got 85% there am I in the last 15% do I have more to go or is this finished Mm. and I've always said, I think, you know, the middle stages I quite enjoy because like like the beginning stages are fun. The middle stages are like, well, it's sometimes it's a bit of a mess. But as long as you get over the fact that that doesn't mean anything, that's quite enjoyable. The last part is hard because that's when you have to say this is done. This is as good as I can do right now at this moment. This is finished. It has my Mm. name on it or on the back and it's off in the world. And the only thing that's helped me with that is keep telling myself that not every painting has to have every single answer in it. Mm. And playing with this idea of not, not being fully resolved. You know, do do you have a niggle about it that you want to change? If so, you've got to answer that. So it goes back to listening to your, listening to your own advice for it really. But why are we so scared to do that with paint? I think also knowing
1: what it is you want it to be or feel like mm-hmm. is important. I don't know if that's an issue here because that guides me. So going back to remembering what was I trying to do with this? Do I feel like it's doing that or do I feel like it needs a little bit more or less of something in order to achieve that? Mm-hmm. Sometimes because I'll get off track a bit. I'll get enthusiastic about the paint or the collage or whatever and lose where I was going. Yeah. Um. So knowing what I want it to feel like or make people feel like or what I want them to think or what, what is the point of it, it helps with finishing. Mm. Um, but for me, finishing is really difficult to talk about because it is one of the more intuitive parts of my process. I wish it wasn't because it can be a pain because it'll just suddenly happen and I'll think, oh, that's it. I like it. I'm done. I, yeah. I've got this feeling. But like you say, I know when it's not, when there's something bugging me. And sometimes I've tried to call things finished. I've been working on this so long and it's almost done. It's finished. And then this little voice is going, no, there's that one line you don't like in the top left hand corner. You're going to have to get rid of it. Or there's that composition problem or there's that colors aren't working. And I never don't go back to it and sort it out. Because it's niggling. Whereas when it's finished, there isn't any of that. There might be some, mm, this is a bit different, or this is, there might be a bit of uncertainty, but there isn't a specific thing that's bugging me. Yeah. And the uncertainty sometimes is, this sounds really, this is not helpful. The uncertain feeling <laughs> is the finished feeling for me. Like yeah. if I'm uncertain because it feels, oh that feels a bit too not tidied up but there isn't anything annoying me then I'm then I'm done yeah they're very helpful if you feel uncertain you're finished that's not really very helpful (laughs) it's just for me
0: I think I think it's what were you intending to do with these paintings you know what were you interested in and I think so I've got have one at the moment And I was almost starting off with let's play with different colors that are sort of middle value colors, um, not go to extremes on the values. Let those play against with themselves. And now I've just done something on one and made part of it dark. And I was like, well, that wasn't what I wanted to do, but I quite like it now. Damn it. (laughs) But I'm going to leave that one and I'm going to go, Okay, well, so let's have another go with that idea on another painting and I just wonder with this struggling so I start another one this is, this is where working on a group at once is is really, really helpful. But I think there does come a moment where you have to say, if you've got a studio full of unfinished paintings, get them all out, sort them out. Which ones really are no use and need work totally reworking on? Use those as fantastic bases for something new. And then pick three that you're going to say, right, I'm going to take these over the finish line. But if you've got a whole studio full of old, of unfinished paintings, that's that's back to overwhelming, isn't it?
1: yeah that would feel
0: bad that would feel bad just turn all the others put them in the naughty cupboard turn them to face the wall you know and just pick three that you would just like to get over the finish line and what does that look for you that's your job i like that Okay so what's inspired this week? I'm going to go with a little bit of a practical recommendation um, because we had a question in our work review um, and this is a book by Philip Tyler with 1L and it's called Drawing and Painting the Landscape A Course of 50 Lessons and it's got really um, nice illustrated examples. There's a lot of writing in it there's a lot of images this is a good meaty book that takes you through all sorts of things um texture impasto dry brush planning your compositions working outside it's a really really good book if you want something that is um a good basic how-to but it's not dry at all it's really rich I think it only came out last year I bought it maybe it was the year before Uh, Oh, no, it says 2017. I'm sure I remember waiting for it to come out on release, Um, but drawing and painting the landscape by Philip Tyler um, money very well spent if you're interested in exploring the landscape, how do you want to get what you want to get from it in order to bring things into your paintings.
1: Does he explore, is it like representational, semi-abstract or bold? He's
0: quite representational, but the, some of the artists that he shares, so he has work from um, Harry Shustanov he talks about Diebenkorn, he's got work from Louise Ballam, um, who is a British artist. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it's quite, it's, some of it's quite loose, um, but very clearly landscape-inspired yeah so abstracted from the landscape but a looser form of um, representation yeah yeah well that sounds like something a
1: lot of people that listen to this will be interested yeah in. really good book if I get in one question about painting more than any other it's probably about abstract landscapes that yeah. is what people seem to want um, okay. Uh, mine is totally not art related and not serious. So I really apologize for my flippant recommendation. <laughs> it's not flippant, but it's it's a bit woo-woo and a bit weird. So I was a person who always used to laugh at tarot cards because I thought that people who use tarot cards were telling your fortune. I thought they were looking at some cards and telling you what was going to happen. And that is just, I'm sorry, but I, for me, I can't accept that. However, having come to know you and Georgina, we've talked about on the podcast before, and various people, I came to see them much more as um, kind of like the Oracle used to be in the olden days, in the very olden times, where you would go ask the Oracle something, and the Oracle would give you an answer, which was so vague and general, but allowed you to think for yourself, allowed you to reflect in a different way on what was happening in your own life. And so seeing tarot cards as that, I've become really interested in the whole thing on a on a well, surface full level. Tarot,
0: full tarot or oracle
1: card? I don't know. No, let me explain what I mean okay. by interested because I know nothing about it. So I'm not okay. speaking from an expert perspective, but interested in to the point where I got myself a deck of cards and when I'm really stuck or down, I'll do a quick card pull of one, two or three and just then allow that, for my meditation or my walks to think about what came up and but I started looking them up on YouTube and it turns out there's a whole world as there is with anything on YouTube there's a whole world of people who who read tarot based on astrology which I don't quite understand so they'll say okay here's the Pisces tarot for this month and and some of them are so funny because it's like there's one woman and I'm not going to name her, but she every every single month is the love of your life is coming this month. Finally. And, and I go, OK, this has been like a year now. <laughs> and he just keeps saying the same thing. But there's one guy I want to recommend because I absolutely love him. And his channel is called Minnow Pond Tarot. And his name is Chris Reck. You know how there are just some people who are just nice on camera so that you just like watching them? He's just nice to watch. And he just does these astrology tarot readings. He does one every week and he does one for the month. And I find them really helpful. Mm. Again, I think I was going to do an experiment where I listened to a few signs and see if I could make mm. them all apply to me, which I probably
0: could. Like when I had my human design chart done and I read everything in the book, not just mine, just to see that which one yeah. of those didn't tally too. If it's true, because <laughs> like, yeah, I like you... to
1: check. But <laughs> but you see, even I've realised now, even if everything that he said applied to to me, everyone, yeah, it doesn't matter because the point is to make you reflect on what feels right. Just what we were saying: yeah. does that feel right to me or not? And everything that Chris says generally really hits home for me on my readings. So I just want to recommend him to anyone who's interested in that kind of thing. I find I found it a very good way. Just as a prompt, I usually listen before I go for a dog walk now. So I listen, then I go for the dog walk and think about the things that were said. And some of it I go, yeah, no, that, that doesn't apply. But some of it really makes me think or realize where I might be avoiding decisions or mm-hmm. not doing things so anyway good really like it and even I like listening to, to him do other people's star signs because I just like listening to him so Mino Pontaro on YouTube
0: it is fascinating isn't it because having spoken about you know list, <laughs> there's some kind of like funny irony and trusting yourself and then using Reading a, a ca- pack of
1: cards <laughs> but I think it's the same because it is
0: yourself it's what you get yeah. out of it isn't it it is it is. And it is your it is just this opening up this box of other ways of thinking about things because. And it's funny, it's like I, like I could never say any of that stuff. Like if I said any of that stuff to my dad, he'd think I'd gone absolutely oh, elite yeah. fruit loop.
1: <laughs> I don't tell uh, anybody in my no, real life. This.
0: Exactly. Um, but I think it is it's interesting to explore this stuff experiment with it see what settles with you see what doesn't it it you know it's like making up it's a curious experiment do it try it see does it help even if it doesn't help now maybe it will help in six months you know the first time I ever came across you know Abraham Hicks stuff I was like Abraham who what what do you mean all these people and it is Abraham that's just absolute nonsense ridiculous and if I tell my children about it they're like what are you listening to all this stuff for and I'm like well because it kind of helps you know yeah it just kind of helps and actually when you get to certain stages in life it's quite nice to have some things that just help
1: yes they'll understand when they get old
0: exactly (laughs) exactly with with
1: things like tarot or or anything like that it's what you said earlier about you when you for someone's advice and then you think nope not doing that it's Mm. the same thing it Mm. helps you clarify Mm. Oh, right. No, I don't want to. I don't agree with that. But oh, yes, I do think this. I think it's just another way of looking at Mm. your I think we have wisdom inside us. Yeah, personally, I think that's what prayer is. I don't want to offend anyone. But just to me, I think that's what prayer is when we have all the answers inside us, but we don't always have a way to access them because we're chattering away Mm -hmm. and any tool you can find that helps you to just look at things a different way like you said or or recognize yeah I like that I don't like that that feels like me that doesn't is Mm. helpful and it probably is an age thing to some extent Mm. maybe we want it more when we're older
0: you know it's never a complete solution is it and I think that there are always things that you need more you know structural support for but i think it it is interesting anyway if you like this kind of stuff i'm gonna then do um a podcast recommendation if you want to go further into this which is georgina noel's podcast it's called inner work so if you search inner work with georgina noel and louise has worked with her i met her um a long time ago um and touch base every now and again because i find it really helpful and i i think that's one of those also interesting things is that that's somebody else who's exploring and learning. And just that path of somebody else who's exploring and learning gives me license to explore and learn. And there are times where I'm like, no, I'm fine. Thanks. No, no, I'm, I'm good. All good. I'm happy in my own like mess that I'm either sorting out or not sorting out. And then, you know, we have times where we're like, oh, what's going on here then? Let's do a little bit of Let's do a little bit of digging, whether you do that on your own or with or with somebody else. But I think listening to these things, it can't help but be revealing. And I think as an artist, that is an important part, of making work that is meaningful to you, let alone whether it's meaningful to anyone else. Otherwise, you're just showing up and going through the motions, aren't you? So there we go. Nice chat. Yeah, I feel happier now. I
1: wasn't in a good mood this morning. But it always cheers me up doing this. So there you go. You can go and do your carpets now. I think it's because I like talking. I just like hearing myself talk. It must be.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe you don't like hearing yourself talk because you don't like listening back to the edits. No, no,
1: no. But I I like to chatter on. Yes, I'm going to go look at carpets and curtains now. Okay,
0: you go go and do carpets and curtains. I'm going to carry on going back through my expenses emails.
1: Mm, Joy. It's an exciting life, isn't it? This is exactly what I imagined when I <laughs> signed up to be an artist. I thought
0: accountant meetings and expenses, that's what I'm looking for to. I, I am a bit naughty I'm very good at tracking my sales because I find you know that happens because that's like a little boost. But tracking expenses, I'm not very good at. I just shove them all in a folder and I do them at the end. Like of the, the old
1: shoebox that you used to see people yeah. bring out Oh, she actually has. Well, it's an
0: envelope, not a (laughs) shoebox. So, yeah, I'm on with that. That's an exciting day. Part of the day. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. So next week we've got something a little bit different. Yes. Next week we have a special guest. We'll keep that as a surprise. Lovely. Have a good one, everybody, and hope you've enjoyed this. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Uh, at time so-and-so someone asks what would have happened if Hitler did this and at time so-and-so someone asks this so you've got that whereas I haven't, someone would have to do all that for me mm-hmm. but I did think yeah, that's a really good idea it's content
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think Connected Artists people could complain because it's questions from two years ago that you're uploading to YouTube, not current ones yeah, that's true and I suppose this guy's argument would be, well, the Patreon subscribers get to ask the questions. Yep. I'm just sharing the results afterwards on yep. YouTube.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's certainly a thing I to thought, do. Start thinking about add it to your to-do list. <laughs> 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 That's exactly what I thought when I saw it. Well, I'm bloody got time. <laughs>